So I need to wake myself up. I'll wake myself up. I'll, I'm there, Paul. I'm here. I'm a constant performer, Paul. Once you put the fucking lights on me, I'm there. I'm the ear. That's me. Bang. In it. I'm in it now. All right. What do you want from me? Do you want blood? Hello and welcome to a slightly delayed episode of the Movie Chef podcast where we make a meal out of movies. Slightly delayed because, uh, Calm, you left me all alone here last night. I was life. sat on his own. Oh, life. Oh, <laughs> life. I'm afraid of a ghost. It's the sight I fear most. I'd rather have a piece of toast. Go and watch the evening news. Life. <laughs> That's it, exactly, <laughs> because that uh, that uh, musical interlude. Desiree, Desiree, Desiree kidnapped me. <laughs> we yeah, are not sponsored by Desiree this week. This is the second in our uh, Halloween season. Can it be called a season? Because we're now two episodes I deep. I, I don't think we can, considering last week was just a clusterfuck of talking about rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> who do you like? Who do you like? Which, yeah. which serial killer has the biggest penis? You know, no. Nothing says Tebs and Com had to work overtime last week than a hey, it's a multiple choice week. <laughs> <laughs> but this week we put the R's in. I this week hard we put slog, the hard slog watching oh, some, we've uh, put some interesting movies. We have watched these movies to bring you. Well, I I was going to say we watch them so you don't have to, but one, I think we can say. <laughs> no, oh, you don't have to watch it. Oh, there's there's several that I watch that nobody ever needs watch again. Like, but there's one in particular that everybody should see. Right. But first, before we get into that, we've got some breaking news because we're on a Monday. See, it worked out well, didn't it? Because we're recording on a Monday, we've actually had the breaking news that Oscar Isaacs has apparently been cast or is heavily rumoured to have been cast as Moon Knight in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Moon Knight being uh, Marvel's answer of Batman. But I'm sure okay. a lot of DC Moon fans. Knight? Apparently he's got a personality disorder. He's got like multiple personalities. <laughs> and he's also a okay. nighttime vigilante who kills people. That that's yeah that's safe yeah is he is he is he, is he a hero or a villain like I think he's know. an anti-hero I think he's like that anti-hero kind of thing but knowing Marvel they'll probably turn into a boy <laughs> like, scout like what please continue and well I, like I don't I don't know I just I just don't understand I don't understand like he's I don't mean this in the, the, the horrible way he's got mental issues. Oscar, and he's on, a superhero. Slow down. So is this like one of these new ones? Are we talking about Oscar Isaacs? Not Oscar Isaacs. There's no mental issue. Not Matt. No, I don't know. You called, her move, move you called Andrew Garfield. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a technical term. Yeah. Well, let's not go into that. Let's not go into that. I don't again. even want to use that word. <laughs> um, yeah. There was a few. There was a few people not happy about that one. <laughs> we had letters. There were letters. Um, Moon Knight is a mercenary with disassociative identity disorder. 
who bet I could say that one first time without practice. <laughs> His name's Mark Spector. He's lived as everything from a millionaire to a cab driver, exploring various facets of life through a uh, multitude of different lenses, as the very eloquent website I've just read from. This is going to be Disney Plus, so it's not going to be that violent. Um, there's been rumoured to be one of uh, a trailer, um, a series of Moon Knight for a while. So, hey, it's Batman. Yeah, oh, well, they might yeah. they might copy my idea that I came up with, like an episode ten, where I, you know, Disney Plus Red, you know, XX, <laughs> XXX. What do they call uh, what do they call Hollyoaks over here? The, the teenage soap opera. What is it? Hollyoaks Late Nights. I, I think it's like Late Nights, but it was kind of like it was. Bay, do you remember Baywatch Nights? Oh yeah, <laughs> where Hasselhoff was the fucking private eye, uh, you know, when he wasn't on the beach. But wasn't he like going after like ghosts and like Scooby Doo kind of villains instead of just I think, real life? I think it kind of it started. I think it started off its its tenure as like a normal kind of PI kind of thing, and then it kind of diverged, diverged took a, a sharp left turn to the you know to the spooky ookie. So uh, that's Moon Knight. I'm sure there's going to be more to come when that gets cast and everything. But taking in mind that uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier hadn't got finished uh, finished yet because of all this pandemic stuff, I'm, I can see this not happening for a few years. There was another rumor that um, there was a few other actors announced. Um, you know, I've lost the page who they were, but apparently it's all Oscar Isaac. <laughs> I've lost always. the page. <laughs> I was going to go and read back, but no, let's. We'll talk. I'm sure we'll end up talking about them again. Uh, trailers this week. So what? Let's start with news of the world, not the uh, scum-filled spunk bucket of a newspaper that was in this country until a few years back, but the new Tom Hanks Western. Yeah, it's not all right anymore. Good. Um, mm-hmm. What did you make? So, what did you make of this, Tom Hanks in a Western? Um, I, I generally don't have that much desire to watch any more westerns for a few years. Um, I think. I think most of it's been done, you know. I think I don't know what he's, what they're trying to do with it. Um, I, I genuinely don't want to see a western again. I'd like me and me and a guy in work were talking about westerns the other day, and barring Unforgiven uh, in the last twenty years, I can't think of many other. Oh, I suppose True Grit. True, true Grit. I'll give True Grit. True one Grit. Well. True I, Grit the one I was thinking was was Three Ten to Yuma. With Christian Bale and Russell Crowe, uh, Magn- I've never seen it. Really good. The Magnificent Seven remake was good as well. I really enjoyed that. But it, it was shit. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was really good. Yeah. No, anyway, I, 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 no, no, there you go, there you go. No, um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not interested. Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks and westerns. Uh, I want to see him Tom play. Hanks back wants, uh, Tom Hanks it? just wants wants another Oscar. You know that that that's what it just the, the, it should be called. The movie should be called Tom Hanks wants an Oscar. Hey, no, fair play to him. I just want to see him play bad guy. Yeah. I can't remember the last time he played a bad guy other than that creepy train conductor in Polar Express. Well, it's Greengrass, like, so, I mean, has Greengrass but any a born movie in the last 15 years? No. He did, oh, he did, he did that green, was it Green Zone? Green, green Zone. zone. Uh, green Zone, he did that, but I can't remember... Yeah, I can't remember much else that he's been brought out that hasn't been attached to Bourne. Like, uh, I know he did what? Yeah, he did Bloody Sunday. That's right, he did Bloody Sunday over here. Um, he didn't actually do. He he didn't do Bloody Sunday. He didn't he didn't shoot you know a couple of people, a whole pile of people dead and buried. It wasn't Paul Greengrass. 
Yeah, he did the Jason Bourne uh, reboot in 2016 with Matt, Matt Damon. Uh, he directed Captain Phillips in Tom Hanks, got nominated for an Oscar. Green Zone, Ball and Ultimatum, United 93. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, th- that one. And, uh, yeah, Bloody Sunday. And he did a one on the murder of Stephen Lawrence as well. So he's done a fair bit, but uh, look, might be good. Might not be. Don't know. But it, it didn't tickle my fancy. I'll be honest with that. What did tickle my fancy, though, was uh, a film that I think is out in Australia right now. So to um, to Bruce. <laughs> Hello, mate. <laughs> G'day. <laughs> you might have already seen this, so don't tweet us with uh, spoilers. Uh, the very excellent Mr. Dundee. Uh, this is Paul Hogan reprising. Well, he's not reprising uh, Crocodile Dundee. He is playing himself in like this kind of hyper-reality kind of world. Uh, and it's about Paul Hogan trying to make a comeback. Um, you've seen the Crocodile Dundee films, haven't you? Yeah, I've, I've seen them all. Even the fucking real shite one that came out in the early 2000s. Well, uh, I've got to tell you, over the last two Saturdays... I've watched mm-hmm. each one because I haven't seen them since the first came out. I've never watched them since. And I thought, oh, right, okay. I thought they were hilarious. And do you know what I also watched on those days as well? Mm-hmm. City Slickers. Oh, City Slickers is awesome. It is great. Ah, yeah. Fucking Jack Palance at his best. Like, <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Billy Crystal as well. Billy Crystal is yeah. fantastic. But yeah. Dan- I- no, no, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but Daniel Stern as well. See, See, yeah. like the nineties, Daniel Stern was my go-to like comedy actor. If there was anything, I remember even getting out like, these really shit movies with Daniel, the Celtic Pride and stuff like that. There, like, uh, but like it, anything with Daniel Stern in it, I would have watched. I absolutely, I loved him in this because it it really stood out from because I just remember him from Home Alone. I hadn't really gone and seen mm. much else with him in. I probably have seen plenty with him in, but. I've never gone and sort of hunted out any of his films. Um, but yeah, anyway, we digress. So um, the very excellent Mr. Dundee, Paul Hogan returns. What uh, what do you think? Is this going to be Spice Girls, the movie? Or is it going to be... Uh... I don't... Like, I, I don't uh, Paul Hogan kind of has this kind of checkered kind of last 20 years. You know, he's, he, he's, he's a very kind of suspect character. Like, you know... Tax evasion, fucking, you know, a lot oh, of... Don't, don't spoil Paul Hogan for me. I've only just found him. All don't right. All right. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have to Wikipedia Chevy Chase is in this movie because he's great. <laughs> he's great. <laughs> don't don't Google fucking Chevy Chase, all right? <laughs> What's Paul Hogan done? Personal life. Here we go. Tax problems. Well, yeah, Wesley Snipes had tax problems, you know. Wesley Snipes did his time, and Wesley Snipes went to prison. Ken Dodd. Classic British entertainer, Ken Dodd. He got involved with the uh, Inland Revenue, so he moved to the coast. Oh, Um, Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) I went to see Ken Dodd once at uh, Bradford St. George's Hall, and it was his Christmas show. Now, Ken Doddy was like 90 years old when he was doing this show. He's been going since he was 20 or something. So if, hold on, just if there, if there is, if there is anybody listening from outside the UK, Ken Dodd is a stand-up comedian. Well, he's a kind of stand-up comedian, and he he's the comedian. and he's the weirdest-looking fucker you will ever see in your entire life. Big goofy hair, cr- uh, big goofy teeth, cra- crazy hair. Carried a feather duster. He had puppets with him. 
mad suits, uh, and he was good old fashioned, you know, friendly, safe you. He wasn't going to come and tell any blue jokes, you know that that you know. And he was notorious for overrunning in his shows. He'd come on and do an encore, and he'd still be there. Literally, some of the shows were still going on at like midnight, and people are just he's just telling joke after joke. We went to see him. Show started at seven. Was due to finish at ten. Got to quarter past nine, and he hadn't even broke for the interval yet. And <laughs> there were gradually more and more blokes just edging out of the hall, leaving all the women in the hall, and everybody would just stood out in the bar. <laughs> and somebody just shouted down, "Is he still going?" Stuck the <laughs> yeah, he's still going. They couldn't even get him off for an interval. Um, but yeah, that's uh, Crocodile Dundee. So. <laughs> <laughs> so news um gather around children simon kinberg the man who um sensationally managed to cock up the dark phoenix saga with x-men in the x-men universe twice uh is writing and producing a battlestar galactica film i got one season into battlestar galactica and got bored you love it to bits don't you uh it is up there with my favorite TV shows of all time. It's in it's in the top three for me. I adore Battlestar Galactica. Okay, I didn't not like it. I just couldn't keep. Going. There were just so many clones and yeah. I just, yeah. Well, not that the show. Well, there, there's not there's not there's not a lot like. <laughs> there were definitely two. there's only like. <laughs> There was there's, yeah, there's only like there's only like seven, you know what I mean? Up until up until like season three, when they introduce you know the Cylon, you know the multiple Cylon kind of thing. Um, well, but, there was one uh, of them in the earlier season. Then there was that English doctor who was banging, and he's Gaius imagining... Baltar. Gaius Baltar is his name, right? Okay, so Gaius was basically dry fucking everything in sight because he imagined this Cylon. Was she silent? I don't know. Well, don't spoil it for me. I might get bored. I've got yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I've got them all on Blu-ray downstairs. Never opened it. <laughs> definitely, definitely put on. But when I read this, when I read this, you know, I, I have no obviously apprehension because of it's Simon Kinberg. My apprehension is, you know, it, it took, um, it it took like five seasons uh, of Battlestar Galactica. To, to get to the point of Battlestar Galactica, you know, at the end, and they want to try and make it into a movie. Now, I think it's going to be a wee bit, you know, we've seen, you know, what happened to Caprica. You know, we know what happened. Well, not all of us did. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, but that's not, you, you've seen the first season. You know, you know, yeah, you know what happened. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's not, it's not, it's the, the TV show, TV show has done. Glenn Larson's, you know, I think it was 79, Battlestar Galactica, you know, a massive, massive justice, not injustice, but justice, because it actually made it into something watchable. Yeah, that's true. It, well, it, don't get me wrong, it wasn't bad. But, yeah, if they're going to do a film, would so, as a big fan, do you want to see a prequel film? Do you want to see a sequel I, to I, the series? I, I, again, they've done, they've done prequel tv shows and the tv show as well you know what i mean that's it's, I, I, I can't see anything new that can come out of it that's that's my own that's my only apprehension i can't i can't see anything that they're going to add to it that you know it's like it's like if somebody turned around and said we're going to remake sopranos as a as a movie well mm. 
why why would you why would you want to remake the Sopranos as a movie? It's perfect how it is, you know. Yeah. It's you know it was done perfectly. So why, I don't I don't understand. That's maybe, maybe that's what it is. I just don't fucking understand why. Maybe somebody's got the rights to it and they've got to make a movie with yeah. it. <laughs> um, Cormac. Yes. Do you, we mentioned The Bride of Frankenstein last week? Wouldn't okay. you know it? Some news has come tumbling down the hill like a rolling stone. Um, okay. Scarlett Johansson, uh, ScarJo, is being lined up to play Bride of Frankenstein. Okay. Um, this is off the back of the Dark Universe, which was attempted to get off the ground with the mummy uh, back in 2015, 16, 17, around that time. Oh, that's that's right. You, t- you told me about this. You dropped a bombshell on me that this was yeah. supposed to be the same universe as all this stuff. Wolfman, so, didn't you say, was in the same universe as well? Uh, I think it was Wolfman. So you had... Wolfman was supposed to be, but no, you had um, the mummy which, spoiler alert, turned out to be Tom Cruise at the end of The Mummy. So Tom Cruise is your mummy. And then there was Javier Bardem was lined up to play uh, Frankenstein's creation, Frankenstein's monster. Russell Crowe was set up as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in The Mummy. You've got um, Johnny Depp was Invisible Man, and then they were lining up Angelina Jolie to play Bride of Frankenstein. Now, all that's been... But was it going to be like a fucking? Was it going to be like a fucking League of Extraordinary Gentlemen type of? Yeah. yeah. So okay. it, if you if you haven't seen the Mummy, just <laughs> don't bother. But yeah, um, that's <laughs> basically they were setting um, Doctor Jekyll up as the leader of like this Victorian era sort of basically shield of monsters. Uh, and Tom Cruise sort of falls upon it and starts getting introduced to this world. And there was um sort of in Dr. Jekyll's office, there was like a glass jar with fangs in, and I think there was a label of Dracula underneath or something. But they really tried to set up this whole linked universe of all these different creations and creatures and stuff. But from the news the other week that uh, Ryan Gosling is going to be playing Wolfman or some form of Wolfman, uh, Scarlett Johansson's playing Bride of Frankenstein. It wouldn't surprise me if they tried sort of getting something like that off the ground again. But um, yeah, ScarJo, I'm really impressed with her in um, Jojo Rabbit. So I'm I'm all right. Ghost in the Shell, I wasn't right impressed with. But nah. was it not for you, Ghost in the Shell? Did you see that? Um, I've seen it. Um, I, I, I was all into that kind of new manga uh, stuff back in the, the mid-90s. So I, I was kind of looking at it with the eye of the manga movie, you know, having watched mm. that. And so it kind of kind of that spoiled it a wee bit for me. But I thought it looked great. You know, I think I thought it, it actually looked the part. But I don't know. It's, <laughs> I'm not a fan of Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm, I'm just going to put that out there. I, 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 if, if there was a movie, like going to see the Black Widow movie is just going to upset me because I, I like, she's my least favorite in the Avengers. And, you know, I, I just, I don't understand her. Yeah. I, I went to see Captain Marvel. I'd be more interested going to see a Black Widow film than a Captain Marvel 2 if we're playing the gender game. But, mm, no. But for me, the Black Widow, it's like the, I, we don't need to know that story unless we do. But I don't think we do. 
Yeah, but if it's if, yeah, the, the only the only inkling that I have in my head to go see that that Black Widow movie is if it is a subplot of the new Marvel universe, which it has to be. You know, it has yeah. to be. They wouldn't just bring out a random fucking Black Widow movie if if she wasn't there in some way. Yeah, there's definitely a passing of the torch. They're setting up probably some villains for future as well. They're doing a bit of everything. Anyway, okay, so we've got two bits of big news this week. Big, huge, steaming piles of news. Uh, do you want news A or news B? Because they're both as big as each other, I think. B. B. So Bond's... Uh, Roger Moore Roger is back from the grave. So not, <laughs> and, he's, not, and he's in Bond 28. Not only has uh, James Bond managed to destroy uh, Cineworld and British cinema, they're also now trying to destroy American cinemas as well. There are apparently... Um, Bond No Time to Die is being shopped around all the streaming services with a price tag of up to $600 million to buy the rights to bro- to uh, to stream No Time to Die. Uh, so first of all, where do you stand? Would you prefer to wait for it in the cinema or are you just happy to see it on streaming? What would you, what would what would be happy for Con? I I have seen one James Bond movie in the cinema and it was Quantum of Solace, possibly the worst Bond movie ever made. <clears throat> yeah, really? it was fucking shit. Oh, it was terrible. I saw, what did I see in the cinema? I saw Tomorrow Never Dies. Um, Spectre. I haven't seen that many. You've probably seen Skyfall. <clears throat> I don't think I did. I think I just got a no? dodgy copy of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, shut up. Um, so yeah, and where do you stand on six hundred million? Then how do you put a price on it? Do you just say, well, we would have taken divided it by two and hope for the best? Yeah, but again, like me, we spoke about this, you know, a couple of months back when when all this stuff was starting to come out. You know, it's not just it's not just the fucking cinemas that suffer. It's the restaurants. It's the fucking news agents that are next to the cinemas or in the same rows as the cinema and stuff like that. There, you know, it's you know what part of that 600 million goes into the, the economy in any way. Like, you know, we have to look at it. They're obviously going to try and make back their money some way. And this is the only way that they're going to be able to make back their money, you know, but uh, I don't know. This whole fucking virus thing is just annoying me now. Like, you know, it, I'm, I'm at the point, I'm at the point now where I'm like, you know what? Anybody who is at risk, I know that everyone is at risk because there's no real, there's no real, you know, head nor tail as who's going to get sick and who's not going to get sick or anything. But, I'm at the point now where people who are vulnerable need to self-isolate and the rest of the world is going to have to get on with it. Well, let's get on to that in a minute. So, um, yeah, 600 million. Look, yes, there are industries around cinemas. And I, for one, you know, cinemas are open. People should go see them. Go go to cinemas. There's absolutely, for me, there's more risk in going to a supermarket than there is going to a cinema. And not yeah. because there's hardly anybody there. It's because you queue up in single file, two meters apart. You get to the front counter. You you go one at a time, so there's no crowding. You just go straight through to the cinema. You're sitting two meters away from everybody, every direction. You watch the film. You leave. It just yeah, five five quid anyway. Um, but 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 when uh, there is one good thing about streaming services. The Snyder Cut is back in the news. 
<sighs> oh, goody. We have word <laughs> from our sources. <laughs> uh, basically, Twitter. Uh, Jared Leto, 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 whatever your fucking name is, is coming back as Joker in the Zack Snyder's... Well, look, this isn't Snyder's cut anymore. This is Zack Snyder taking a bunch of footage, adding more footage, and making a completely new thing. People petitioned for the Snyder cut for years, and now, instead of him saying, oh, it's only a few special effects shots, and then we'll release it, they're now adding other characters. Deathstroke's apparently coming into it. There's um, entire other subplots being added. Fucking Ryan Reynolds was rumoured to be showing up in it. This isn't what was campaigned for this is this is what he had plus 70 million and a bunch of favors from people that want to get in on the action this isn't what we're campaigned for but this is this is this is what now it's turned into now now it is probably one of the most expensive fucking vanity projects since the fucking spruce goose you know and that's all that's all it is you know it's a complete it is it is one man you know, now creating, you know, a five-hour... It, it's a TV show. Let's just call it what it is. It's, it's a TV yeah. show. It's not a, it's not a movie. It's you a know? And, <clears throat> Yeah, and that that's all it is. You know, it's now turned into a TV show, and it was supposed to be, as you said there, you know, we said months ago, it was supposed to be, you know, oh, I'd, I had already shot 90% of this movie. You know, this isn't the yeah. movie that I put together. This isn't... And, and I, oh, we'll, we'll put together that movie. Right, okay. Not, but I want to film you know, seven more hours of footage and I, I need a budget of a... No, hold on, no, no, that that wasn't the plan. The, yeah. the plan was you'd already made the movie and there was yeah. only a few touch-ups and, you know, special effects that you needed to do. It you know, was not, he had a copy sat on his hard drive. He, he, everyone was saying about this, this Snyder cut and this is not the film that would have been released in cinemas first time. And you know what? For as much as Joss Whedon was probably a bit of a dick... And the rest of it, and I'm not going to get into fucking arguments over semantics, but it, he has been painted as somebody who f- fucked up this big opportunity to make a five-hour-long Justice League film. That is not the case at all. There is, I, I, Anyway, look, it's coming out anyway, regardless. Hmm. I just did a quick sum there, right? Disney Plus is £7 a month. So if Disney, for example, paid £600 million for Bond... They would need to have an increase of seven million, seven and a half million subscriptions for a year to pay for it. I don't think. Well, you never know. People are mental, you know. You well, would, yeah. you know what this means? It's going to go on premium. The subscription going up, yeah. Or subscription will go up, or <laughs> it'll be on premium, or it'll be. Um, I think Netflix are going to start going premium, but H- HBO Max. They're going to. I think they'll make some money back by selling it around the world because there's a lot of countries that don't have HBO Max. So when Snyder Cut comes out, yeah. for example, they're going to have to sell it to somebody over in this over in the UK. So they'll start making money back there. That's what I'm thinking there. But yeah, I just did that seven million or a hundred million subscribers all tuning in for one. Do a hundred million people around the world see a film? That's that's big numbers. That's a lot the tickets and that's not even obviously as you say it's not even counting the people that are already subscribers who are going to watch it anyway because exactly. they're already they're already subscribers yeah but the other thing that i just remembered there you know when i said to you there about the 600 million where did they get that number from well mm-hmm. every ticket that's sold 
it's, I mean, the Star Wars and stuff like that, it's about a 50-50 split, 60-40 split, depending on what the film is and the contracts and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're expecting this Bond film to have made 1.2 billion. So they're selling it for the profit they would have made and the cinemas lose out. That's yeah. exactly what's going to happen. As long as the, yeah, anyway, fuck it. Right, well, considering that we are having a bit of a wine, would you like to see the wine list, sir? Go for it. Well, if it, it sounds like you need to get to get a lot off your chest. Do you want to? Do you want to talk about uh, lockdowns or anything? Do you want to? Do you want to have a bit of a wine? This is your safe space. <laughs> it's just lockdowns, man. You know, I think we're we're a bit different than over in the UK. Um, you're, you've got this tier one, the tier four thing. You know, my my kind of main thing. I work obviously in retail management, and over in Northern Ireland, all restaurants, bars, um, and schools have closed for two weeks now. It was only a week, obviously, last week, and then this week was half term, so the schools are usually off anyway, um, because they say that the biggest spread of infection is between schools, bars, restaurants, and all that jazz. So the only way that restaurants can stay open is if they have a delivery service. You can't sit in. Um, now, herein lies the problem with that. So what they've done is they've closed schools, they've closed restaurants, they've closed bars. They've left retail open. So now there's more people in milling about in fucking Sainsbury's or Morrison's or fucking Miles or wherever. And there's more people coming into contact with each other because there's more people out and about. Now, I don't see the fucking logic in that at all. Now, if you're going to have a lockdown, do it like we did the first time. Have a proper lockdown, a circuit breaker, as they call it over here, for two weeks where everything closes. Now, on the other side of that, I, I, I don't want to be closed. You know, I don't. I, I want my full wage. I don't want to have to, you know, have two thirds coming in rather than a full wage. But it is absolutely ludicrous to believe that all the school kids, all the people who, who work in restaurants, all the people who work in bars and hairdressers will all sit in the house for two weeks. It's not going to fucking happen. They're going to go out and about. Well, this is what I'm going to have a whine about, okay? It's coming off the back of that. So in this country, or at least in England, if you are from particularly deprived backgrounds, um, say your, your parents don't work or you only live with a single mom and she don't work or... You're from a deprived area. You are entitled to a school meal, a school dinner. And that that ensures that every child gets a hot meal inside them at least once a day. Because literally in this country, I've seen um, I've seen people give bread and cold beans to the kids for the tea because they didn't know how to cook or some shit. And Marcus Rashford, a footballer, um, a soccer star, um, has been campaigning to ensure that this conservative right-wing government gives a hot meal to these children during the half-term break, the two weeks half-term, when schools are going to be closed. And they rejected it. Mm -hmm. They say there's no money. But yet we paid twenty million pounds for a ferry con- a ferry contract with a contractor that did not own any ferries, but he was supposed to be he was paid by the government twenty million pounds, and I just think it's absolutely despicable that yep. you just say, well, these kids aren't in school, so there's not our problem, and and it's not, and these arsehole fucking Tory pricks come out and say. 
oh, well, you should manage your money better. The parents, if they do work, are the people you've just been describing. Bartenders, cleaners, fucking essential workers, or people in fucking hospitality cleaning your hotel rooms and scooping your shit out of your urinals on the morning after you've been drinking in the bar the night before or whatever. They're now working not only on reduced hours, but they're getting 70, 70, what is it, 75% of their wage because of furlough. So they're still working. They're earning less and you're expecting them to put hot food on the kid's table. And and not only did they say we're not going to do it, but it had to take a vote in Parliament for them to say we're not going to do it. But uh, did, do you know, did, did, there's a couple of things about that that annoy me, right? They're they're putting it on on parents, you know, saying that they need to feed their children. But let's be fucking honest. There's a lot of parents out there in the UK that don't give a shit about their children. And they would leave their children to fucking starve while they go drink or do whatever, you know, when I got there. Now, I'm not saying all, but, you know, parents are like that. You know, there are people out there who work two jobs and still can't fucking afford to put food on the table because of the way this government's acting. And another thing that really pisses me off that I read the other day is that every politician gets a £30 per day or per diem for food a day. Yeah. <clears throat> do, you know how much, do you know how much meals are in uh, Westminster? In the Westminster probably, restaurant? Probably they're about, free. They're about a fiver. Yeah. It's cost. Yeah, so they, it's get 30 pound, they get £30 a day to buy their food in, that, in the Houses of Parliament and they mm-hmm. get to buy the food at cost price. Listen, Paul. Guy Fox had the right idea. Blow the fucking thing to kingdom come. Oh, we love that film V for Vendetta, don't we, Carl? Because we didn't, <laughs> suggest, we didn't just suggest terrorism on this nice movie podcast. So anyway, there's, <laughs> there's, there's the wine list. Uh, we bring that out every now and then. We need to get to a few things off our chest. But uh, should we talk some scary movies then? If you're into all things comics, you have to check out Take a Knee for Marvel vs. DC, your go-to podcast for comic and superhero discussion, debates, polls, and more. Tune in as regular Scott and Ozzy Killmonger chat about your favorite comic topics, and you never know who may show up for an open mic or what will be next on their favorite, One Gotta Go. Take a Knee for Marvel vs. DC, every Sunday, powered by the Defy Light Podcast Network. So we set out this week to present a buffet of restaurants. We are, we're not just a, a, a movie chefs who cook up uh, menus for people. We can also put on a nice bit of catering as well for you. We put a nice buffet out. We're going to present to you some films. Some are quite good. Some were, some were especially good. Some, <laughs> some not so. Um, so, t- so we just went and attacked, basically we attacked Amazon Prime, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> so what did you watch then? So I started um, by watching a movie called School Spirit. And I will say right now, it, it wasn't a horror movie. Um, it was a, a, a titular uh, American version of, you know, them UK movies 
uh, about window cleaners, you know, banging, you know, wives and stuff. And it, it just wasn't a horror movie. It started off by this guy who wants to bang this girl in the dean's office and he doesn't have a condom, so she won't fuck him without a condom. So he goes to a bar to get a condom and then he's killed in a car crash going back to try and ride this stuff. Um, he he then goes to the hospital and sees his dead body and his uncle, uh, his uncle appears and he's like, he tells him that he can go in and out of uh, an actual form and a ghost. And then he just starts fucking girls as a ghost. That uh, <laughs> That's all it was. And it, it wasn't a horror movie. Okay, so let me get this straight. We're going to start off this Halloween themed <laughs> Special edition of the Movie Shift podcast with the scary movie buffet of movies with a kinky ghost sex comedy. Well, I didn't know that it was that. All right. It, it looked it looked interesting. There was side boob on the picture. And, you know, he was a ghost in the mirror. And I was like, yeah. OK, well, I went on to Amazon Prime and I was looking around horror. 80s horror and stuff and there was one we're going to talk about in the minute that i clicked on and then it said more like this and i saw one with rowdy roddy piper called hell comes to Frogtown, and it was classed as a comedy horror <laughs> all right well we're doing a horror right i've just got to tell you now it's not a horror movie <laughs> <laughs> it is 100 it is 100% a sex comedy starring Rowdy Roddy Piper. It, yeah. This is a guy who is the last or one of the last fertile men on the planet after a nuclear holocaust. And the mainly predominantly female government have uh, sequestered him to basically be taken to the lizard town <laughs> with mutant <laughs> inhabitants to bang his way through all the last surviving females in the town. It was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. And again, I've, we've got away from horror straight away, but fucking amazing. Honest to God. But I watched They Live afterwards. I've never seen They Live before. They Live's amazing. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They Live's amazing. Like Piper did a lot of, you know, Corman-esque movies, you know, in, in the 80s, you know, with his wrestling career, you know, was taken off. And there was a few of them that were very, very good. Like They, they Live particularly, like, I love the fight sequence in the alleyway that lasts about 15 minutes. And it was just, it was just horrendous. <laughs> just keep David. Every, every so often they're going to stop and then he just jabs him again or boots him. <laughs> or whatever. But yeah. It's, uh, John Carpenter, I'm slowly, I'm slowly becoming a fan of his. I've, I've watched a fair few of his now because of this podcast. Um, no, come on, save us then. You must have watched a horror film. Okay. Well, I'm going to do the best. I'm going to do the best one that I watched. Okay. So... Obviously, a, a movie with the title Slumber Party Massacre is going <laughs> to, you know, you can't, there's no two ways about that. You know, if, if it says massacre in the fucking title, you know, there's going to be at least one death. You know, Texas so, Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Slumber Party Massacre. Slumber Party Massacre 1. Slumber Party Massacre 2. Uh, pool Party Massacre. Uh, what was the other one? Dorm School or something? Dorm Room Massacre? Something like that. Yeah, there's... There looks to be, it's a, it's a to be some uh, vastly inferior knockoffs, but so yeah, you text me and basically said, I'm watching this, you've got to watch it next. And uh, no, yeah. go on, tell us yeah. about it. Tell us about it. I, I 
absolutely loved it. And I'm going to say one thing. Whoever, well, whoever wrote it, Wes Craven needs to be brought to court because there were so many scream tropes that oh, were in yeah. this movie. Like, it was, it was scary that it was, it was so well shot. Uh, you know, it was everything in it seemed really good. And then I did a little bit of digging on the actual movie itself. And I figured out why that it looked so good. So it was it was directed by a lady called Amy Holden Jones, right? Now she was like a film school institute kind of girl, and she won a lot of awards in like the the mid seventies, late seventies. Martin Scorsese wanted her to be his assistant for Taxi Driver. Really? Right. So she was his assistant in Taxi Driver. And then he told her on the set of Taxi Driver, you're too good to be an assistant. You, you need to be making movies yourself. So she then went to editing and things like that there. Now, prepare to have your pants pulled down on this one, Paul, right? This is amazing. This is, this is, this is such a fact that I learned. She made this movie. Do you know what movie she turned down to edit to make this movie? What we're talking, 85 you know, well, it, was, it was earlier, it was 80, 82. 82. 80, yeah. Nah, go on. The, the biggest fucking movie on the planet for whatever, whatever amount of years. E, e. fucking T. E.T. Spielberg chose Amy Holden Jones to edit, to edit E.T. She chose to make Slumber Party Massacre instead. Like Bravo. what? I mean, that, I mean, exactly. I mean, that, that is that is like that, I don't know, but anyway. So within like the first sixty seconds, we see tits, which is always great in the movie. You've got um, a lot, yeah. Tits are great. Yeah. So the, we get the the Russ. So I can't even remember his fucking name now. We get this guy Russ who has escaped from a mental asylum, and he turns up at this school somehow. He just wants to, he kills a really, really hot telephone fucking technician. Like, I don't know what the fuck she's doing working on telephone lines. Like, I, I don't know how she ended up. She was, she was lovely. I mean, she yeah. was lovely. Yeah. So then he, he, he starts picking off a couple of kids in the, uh, in the school. He, he drills a girl. Hang um, on, hang on. No, 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 no. You've only made me feel better about this film by telling me it's a female director, right? Okay. I felt very dirty watching that shower scene. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? There's a lot of homoerotic kind of, you know, titular kind of things about it. But you know, a lot the, lingering, like the camera sort of just lingering on their ass. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. That scene, that scene where it's <laughs> it kind of goes along their 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 butts, and then yeah. it kind of it goes up to Trish, and then she talks, and then the camera goes back the whole way down her back again and then stays on her butt and then Rachel even sorry my missus pointed out she goes why did they add in a scene of her cleaning her asshole <laughs> I was like yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you're right like we didn't really need to see that but they've just been playing volleyball or something you know they've been busy it was basketball basketball that was it volleyball well, I can't remember. Volleyball, yeah, not volleyball. So, that's, yeah. That's so, in me. I'm in yeah, so anyway, so anyway, he he drills he drills a girl in the in the shower. Uh, oh, yeah. Like actually with a drill, you know, oh. and, and murders her. Uh, and then all the girls are going around to Trish's house that night because Trish's parents are away. So Trish 
Linda, Kim, Valerie's not going because nobody likes Valerie for some reason, you know, and I don't understand why they don't like Valerie, like, but she's a better basketball player than them. Fuck off, girls. And she's new. Didn't uh, didn't Trisha's parents, I mean, didn't they leave the most obvious fucking paedophile neighbour to look after her? He was a bit of a creep. He was a proper nonce. He was sort of like, oh, I'll look after her. Yeah. Like wiping the saliva off of his chin. But that's the great that's the great thing because we already know that he is not the killer. Like we know he's not the killer. Yeah. But they try to uh, they try to add in like three or four times the misnomer that he could be the killer. And it's like, no, people we already know he's not the killer because he's obviously been living next door to these people for fucking for ages. Like yeah. and the killer has just been broke out of the insane asylum. So, you know, we already know. But anyway, I digress. So the, the, the why I say that it, it, there's a lot of scream about this is there's a lot of the, the, you know, remember the scene in Scream where the sheriff's wearing the same boots uh, and the camera pans down and shows you the boots. And then, you know, it, it tries to mislead you where the, the principal is playing with a knife in front of the mirror yeah. in Scream. And you're thinking, oh, he may be the killer. He may. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of, you know, what's happening here? Why are they like that? You know, could they be the killer? Um, but there's a few, there's a few scenes in it that just made me like wince. Um, you know, the, the, pizza delivery guy at the door you know the girls open the the door and the guy's eyes have been drilled out and he falls through the door and then you know the girls are all screaming and trying to hide from this killer and then one of the girls goes well i'm still hungry and she kind of pushes his dead body his carcass off the fucking pizza box and starts eating the pizza inside the box well i'm sure i read somewhere that this was actually written as a as a comedy horror at first and then they kind of just reduced it back i'm sure it was about this that i read to be honest the amount of film the amount of different films we've watched it could have been anything but i always like um i like the simplicity of it as well you know very simple. The, yeah very simple but it's the old ghost story or the old horror story around the campfire guy escapes from a mental asylum goes on the loose killing people at a slumber party it's just simple but for me you can i wish they hadn't shown us who it was I didn't want to see the killer. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? what? Yeah, it it would have been a, it would have been a better movie if we hadn't have known. Because, see, yeah. see if they had say if they had like um, turned on the TV, you know, after they they seen the killer for the first time and they seen his picture and it said escape psychopath blah blah. And that, if that had happened fifty minutes into the movie and we hadn't yeah. known, you know, because. Like, I think you may have hit on something here because I think that they potentially may have changed script mid-movie because mm. the, the, the ginger-haired guy, Linda's boyfriend, with the big, massive fucking brickhead, you know, I, like, the way that he was acting was as if he knew something that everybody else didn't. And yeah. it, was the same, it was the same as the, the creepy pedo fucking next-door neighbour. He was acting like like he knew something everybody else didn't. So all these kind of you know misdirections and subterfuge kind of things that they were adding in, it didn't make sense when we already had seen the killer in the first five minutes of the fucking movie. Yeah, I can't remember where it was, but I'm sure they'd, they'd written it either as a not as a complete spoof, but you know, kind of like a comedy nod nod wink. I'm not too sure. Maybe it was. Let me just have a look. My favorite, my favorite scene. All oh, right, here we go. So Rita Mae Brown wrote a screenplay for a parody of teen slasher flicks. 
and she titled it Sleepless Nights. However, when she submitted it to producers, they filmed it as if it weren't a parody and retitled it Slumber Party Massacre. As a result, the movie displays a lot more humour, both intended and unintended, than the others of its genre. So yeah, it's, and that's why you get screamed because that was very reliant on nudge, nudge, wink, wink right. comedy. Okay. So yeah, you've you've hit on the point there as well. You're saying because Scream was very self-referential. It was you know yeah. it was sending up horror films. So that's exactly what that did. Except that wasn't written by the guy who did Dawson's Creek. But it did it did remind me of Scream so much. But again, my favorite scene is when the killer comes to the house. The two guys have one of them went out the back door, one of them went out the front door, and the guy that went out the front door goes to Valerie's house and's banging on the door. And then you yep. see the fucking, you see Russ, the fucking serial killer with his drill, you know, running up the garden. And uh, he gets to this guy and he murders him, whatever. And he goes, b- brings him back to the garage. And with him still on his shoulder, you see an over the shot camera view of him, like counting the dead bodies yep. in, the boot of the, in the boot of the car going, one, two three and it's like why are you counting them <laughs> like well he he killed five people to be put in the mental asylum he killed five people and yeah, that's what he was doing he, he was doing it again I that's why he killed a lot more than five in that film no but yeah. he took five as trophies the dude's insane yeah but, I know. but he was it. he was great as well you know he, he was. was great and you know it, again another heart back to screen you know when you think that the killer's dead and he fucking comes back to life and, you know, and he goes to them, you know, I just, I genuinely, genuinely didn't expect to like this movie at all. And I ended up really, really liking it. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching, you know, Slumber Party Massacre 3. Michael Viella. Um, let's have a look yeah, at what he's, else he's, he's not done really anything else. Like he was in that Bruce Willis kind of semi-porno thing wild orchids and there's nothing really on his on his imdb yeah he's not he's not he's not got an eclectic uh yeah go on then what else did you see then you watched uh, you? what was uh what was the uh the Halloween oh. one <laughs> no <laughs> this is a running theme right so again i put horror into the genre the genre search bar in in amazon and one of my favorite scary movies of all time or horror movies is a early, late 80s movie called Trick or Treat. It's like a heavy metal one. Ozzy Osbourne's in it and there's a few other ones in it. Um, and there was a movie on Amazon called Trick or Treats. And I was like, oh, and the picture was uh, like a, a party bag cut in half with blood coming out of it. And I was like, oh, OK, right. OK, so. Started off, girl in the shower, you see her boobs, and I'm like, whoa, okay, this is how this is how horror movies in the 80s start out. Okay, I'm liking this so far. And then it descended into something real strange. Uh, this girl is a babysitter, and she works for an agency. Her boyfriend is playing Othello, and he wants her to come to see Othello, but she has to keep working. So... She has to go to this house of these rich people to look after their kid. And this kid's a real fucking weird kid. He's into like Harry Houdini and doing all that shit. And he likes to like put his head inside like guillotines and pretend to have his head cut off. Like, and I thought, all right, it's kind of weird. Then you find out that, well, at the start of the movie, his mum puts her husband in an insane asylum for no reason. He's not insane. 
Um, and she's remarried David Carradine from Kill Bill. Right. And his performance in this movie, I can only say is that he is so embarrassed to be in this movie, he's got absolutely fucking trolleyed and is hammered when he is doing his scenes. Like, it is... I would would watch it for David Carradine because it's fucking insane. Like, he is pissed out of his head. So, yeah. And then... So the, the movie arc is her husband's trying to get back to the house to murder the wife, but the wife isn't there. So when he gets there, it's obviously just going to be the babysitter. There's no horror in it whatsoever. It's not a horror movie. Um, then I, I went back after watching it and I looked at it. It's like fucking PG-13. But it's, it threw me because there was tits in it. And I was like, this is this is what the 80s were. You could have tits in a fucking PG-13 movie. See, there's a lot of good things about the 80s. Yeah, a lot of bad things right. as well, but there's a lot of good things. But but if 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 you're interested, if you're interested in watching the most fucking bizarre performance, embarrassing performance by David Carradine, I would suggest to watch Trick or Treats because it, it is out there. Reminds me of that story about Super Mario Brothers. Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo were sort of chatting on the first couple of days of filming. Or well into it and says, uh, can't believe what we've got into. What have we got ourselves into? So they both just started drinking heavily yeah. every day. And they said the majority of the footage in Super Mario Brothers is just them two absolutely smashed. Just trying to get... <laughs> well, I found I found an absolute little gem on uh, Amazon Prime. Because I don't normally go for these 80s tits and gore kind of films. I, they're not my bags, but... Uh, there's, the one thing you'll find about me is if I ever bet on a horse race, nine times out of ten, I bet for the one with the funniest name. I don't care about its pedigree. I don't care how fast it's going to run. If it's got a good name, I'll give it a go. And mm-hmm. Chopping Mall has a great title. <laughs> the movie Chopping Mall. So this starts out, it starts out like a, a Robocop ripoff until I realized it was set like it was filmed three or four years before Robocop. But it is obviously um, what do you need killer robots to protect on an evening when nobody's there? A shopping centre. Obviously. And uh, did, were you watching this anyway or did you watch it after I told you I'd, I'd just seen it? Do you know, the reason why I watched it was because it, it was an hour and 16 minutes long. <laughs> and, I seen, and I seen it, I was like, I literally watched it on my phone when the missus was putting the kids to, in the bath. And I was like, do you know what? It's just an hour and 16 minutes. I'll watch it. And it's an hour and sixteen minutes, and I'll never get back. <laughs> Literally, it was it was all usual. It was uh, teenage characters who were played obviously by thirty year old. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know what? I was just about to say that. Like there are there are two main tropes of a you know eighties slasher kind of them kind of oeuvre of movies. Yeah. One is obviously tits. And the second one is 50-year-olds playing 18-year-olds. It is, I think, even back then, there's going to be a lot of tits. There might, you know, might be an ass shot, somebody cleaning their ass, whatever it is. (laughs) Let's just hire 30-year-olds just to make sure there's no confusion. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case one of them was 19 but could have been 18. No, let's just... And it, it happened with Slumber Party Massacre... 
<laughs> you just look at some some of the lasses going there for that for that slumber party from high school, and you're just like, are you is this a women's institute meeting? No. <laughs> it just looks anyway. But uh, chopping mall, you had the uh, the obligatory uh, TNA. But uh, this again, it wasn't that scary. I think the horror. It was like a it was like a Terminator knockoff. Yeah, I thought it was a Robocop there, ripoff. There wasn't that. Yeah, there wasn't that many gruesome kills in it. And the, obviously, the one thing that just kept flashing back in my head was I just kept turning around, turning around to myself and going, why don't they just turn off the fucking escalators? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I keep running around and these fucking, these robots somehow can get up and down the escalators when, the, look at the fucking size of them. Yeah, these are three um, robots on tank tracks. So the tank tracks are like yeah. chain tracks out there. So, you know, they can't sort of walk. They're not humanoid. There are, I'm trying to think what they look like. They're like Daleks from Doctor Who in how you can imagine they move around. Yeah. And but suddenly, lo- they- bo- the bottom is longer. Their bottom actually yeah. reminiscent of a tank. Yes. The bottom's long and, you know, and then the, there's like the body bit on top. And these are like, like at one point <laughs> they ran upstairs and they looked down to see one of the uh, clear glass elevators. And the robot was just <laughs> trundling its way into the elevator, turned itself around, and I'm sure I saw a little thing come out and push the button to go up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it, it kind of moved in because it, it starts off by they show this crowd of people, you know, what their robots can do. Again, as you said, I don't know why all this fucking high-tech technology is in a fucking shopping centre, but, you know, there we go. Um, but... Sorry, it was, no, it was just literally... They weren't exactly, like, high-end shops. They weren't, like, furs and leather jackets and Rolexes. It was like a sports goods shop, and they were in um, just, like, hairdressers at one point or something. It was just a yeah. random shopping centre that yeah. they decided to use three probably very expensive killer robots. Yeah. Well, let's see, that's the whole thing. Like, it starts off, the three guys who work in the furniture shop or bringing their girlfriends or, you know, their their, their lovers or whatever in, into the, the place. Sorry, four guys. And so it's four guys, four girls. And then they obviously go into the shopping center. A light, lightning strike hits the fucking, uh, the, the main computer unit. And this is what obviously turns the fucking robots evil. Um, and then they start picking off, picking off the kids. Um, but that guy, Mike, I was watching it with a fucking headset on. And I thought I thought you wouldn't like Mike. He was fucking chewing chewing gum, and it was doing my fucking head in. And the only thing that I've written down for Mike is I can't wait for Mike to die. Fucking chewing gum cunt. Why does he have to chew so loud? That's all I've written down for him because he was just annoying me so much. Um, but yeah, there weren't even that many decent kills. It was just the laser blasts, weren't there? I think there was the one last that got her head blown off, literally. Which was quite cool, I, a bit of a shock. It's it slit Mike's throat as well. <laughs> oh yeah, it slit his throat. It's got laser blues. What what I couldn't understand is that these robots are chasing around and the lasers are coming out from basically where the eyes are. And they've got scanners and readers and ID barcode readers. It could be quite accurate. But rest of the time they're literally mm-hmm. just chasing the three people down a corridor. Those three people are screaming. Oh yeah. And they're just firing lasers here, there, and everywhere. There's no accuracy to it whatsoever. I'd want my money back. 
I would like to know as well, th- that sporting goods store, like, what the fuck kind of weaponry do they sell? Like, holy shit. The guy got a fucking AR-15 in a sporting goods store. Like, it was, he was armed to the teeth. Hmm? Like, shotgun, the fucking, there was a Magnum, a, a fucking, an AR-15. The, you know what? All our American listeners are sat there listening going, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, 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 that's, that's, that, it was just it was just insane but like yeah but I, I like it it wasn't even that good of a movie and there wasn't even that many good kills you know even nah. in, in in slumber party massacre you know you've got a few good kill, kill where he, you know the drill fucking you know got the the coach's stomach and all the guts came out of her stomach and you got the fucking the eye guy the pizza guy and this one you know there's there's nothing really outstanding the only thing that that I will say is the guy who jumps on the wee cart when he finds out that his girlfriend's dead and he jumps on the wee cart and just drives towards it. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but also at the end of to kill the last one, she starts like fucking throwing paint and stuff all over the ground. Like that was, that was some fucking explosion from paint. Yeah. It was a paint shop. Like there was a few obviously flammable liquids and stuff in there. Like, but that place went up like, I don't know that they'd fucking seven or eight sticks of dynamite in the place, like. Well, I've got something for you um, about scary movies. I was looking to see what the scariest movie was ever, and apparently there's a um, okay. there's a, a test or experiment or study or whatever the fuck you want to call it, created by a guy called Daniel Clifford. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was also funded by BroadbandChoices.com, but. so they tested 50 people and they had resting heart rates of around 65 beats per minute and they got them to watch over 100 hours of scary movies Um, I would say do you want to play the game of what do you think are the scariest but shout some out and I'll tell you if they come in the top 10 of scariest films according to this study Texas Chainsaw nope Blair Witch nope Jesus. Um, scary movie. Nightmare Horror. on Elm Street? Nightmare nope. on Elm Street? Nope. Uh, just go the, I'll just go the easy ones. Halloween? Nope. Friday the 13th? Nope. Saw? Nope. So, the top 10 scariest films, uh, which showed the greatest difference in heart rate spikes... Blair Witch? Is Blair Witch in there? Nope. No. The, the Visit, The Descent, The Babadook, The Conjuring 2, It Follows, Paranormal Activity, Hereditary, The Conjuring, Insidious, and the number one ultimate horror film with a average beats per minute of 86 or 32 difference is Sinister, directed by Scott Derrickson formerly of uh, Doctor Strange direction. Um, in terms of all the old classics, Friday the 13th was 28th, Blair Witch was 23rd, Alien was 24th, 28 Days Later, 16th, The Exorcist, 17th, Nightmare on Elm Street, 13th, Halloween, 14th, Texas Chainsaw, but, 15th. But, like, I'd, I, I've probably seen maybe four of that top ten, and... Mm bar you know a couple of scenes and a couple of movies i can't really think of anything that was particularly scary about them 
Um, so I think maybe it's it's a bit of you know people are a lot more scared of movies that are made recently rather than you know seventies or eighties. Well, one of the things that pointed out was modern horror movies perform much better than the classics. Well, and Forbes said, well, movies like Exorcist, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Texas Chainsaw might be considered better horror movies. They didn't scare study participants nearly as much as modern flicks did. You know why, right? If you sat me and watched, if I sat and watched the first Halloween, and then I followed it by watching Insidious or Sinister, I guarantee I would be more scared of one of the modern ones because I haven't seen them. It hasn't been done to death. It hasn't been parodied. Imagine, I mean, you sit early down towards Nightmare on Elm Street in in a few years time, but he's seen Freddy. He knows it's a joke. Mm -hmm. There's no fear there anymore. So I'm not surprised that big, but modern ones, biggest jump scares, insidious, sinister, the exorcist three, the conjuring and the descent. Um, the horror film, the sorry, excuse me, the foreign horror film which rated highest in the list was Audition, the Japanese. Uh, is that the one with the pig head? No, no, Audition was, um, I can't remember the name of the, the actors, so, but basically, this guy is a TV executive. Mm-hmm. And he's lonely, his wife's left him or his wife's died, or his wife's died, and he wants to audition a bunch of actresses to be his wife, but he's not going to tell them. And basically he picks one, and from the moment he picks her, it starts descending into a horror film, and it's proper Japanese J-horror, you know. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some... Um, I, 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 when I first watched it, I was sick, phys- physically sick. But there is one thing that makes me squeamish, and that happened in the film. So, yeah. but you know what I mean. It was, it was, it, it was a good film, but I can watch it again. No way. But mm. I won't say it was scary. It was just fucking gory. Any? Have you watched anything else then? Well, do you know what? What I thought I'd do is I would tell you my scariest story for Halloween. I'll tell you a scary story. Okay. You ready? You ready for a scary story? Go. Now, this happened to me, right? Now, you've known me for a long time, Paul. I'm not a horror movie fan, so I don't like watching horror movies because I don't like being scared. I like watching comedies. I like watching, you know, things that are going to entertain me. I don't like watching horror movies, especially yeah. don't want, like watching horror movies by myself. So I can't remember the exact date. It must have been about 2000, 2001. And I was about 17, 18 and my parents were going out for the night. Now, where I lived in Oma, it's five miles outside of Oma. So literally the only thing around me is fields. There's the odd house, you know, every fucking half mile or whatever. Like um, my mum and dad were going out one night and my brother had rented out Blair Witch from Extravision, right? So everybody was banging on about Blair Witch Project, Blair Witch Project, this, Blair Sorry, Witch Project. Can I just... Can I just... This podcast is not sponsored by Extravision. That was not. <laughs> that was not. Extravision is long gone. We, but, uh, we so seem yeah, to so always be going I, back to Extravision with Big Trouble in <laughs> Little China and. No, no, no. Name? That was that was Maltmore Video Hall. That was Brian and Maltmore Video Hall. Oh, sorry. Right. That, okay. That, that is that is long gone. But anyway, I digress. Anyway, 
So I decided that I would watch Blair Witch that night when my parents were away. I'm fucking big, big guy, whatever, you know. So I went to the living room. It was about 10 o'clock, stuck on Blair Witch, scared the fucking pants off me, right? So I was like, Jesus Christ. Now, when you look out my, we have these bay windows in, in my house in Oma, right? And again, nothing really you can see, but distant, far away houses, right? So you can see the odd light here and there, right? So I was in the cove of the bay window and something kept getting my attention, right? And it was a light and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I kept looking out the window. Like I opened up the window at one point and I, I look at it. We called it the Bray face. So it's the Bray face is where all the houses are. You can see them from miles away, right? Now, and I talk miles away. I'm talking 20, 25 miles away. These houses are nowhere near us. And you can see the odd light, the car light, the fucking street lights or whatever. Like, so couldn't fucking work out what it is. But it kept a red light just kept going in and out. And it wasn't like always going in and out. Like it was, it would have in and out 20 seconds the first time, then in and out 40 seconds the next time. I was like, what is that? Couldn't figure it out at all. Scared the shit out of me, right? So I slept in the living room that night. So my mom and dad came back at about three, four o'clock in the morning. And then I went into my bedroom, went to sleep. So whatever. Woke up the next day, went outside. Um, couldn't figure out again. I was looking, looking around the house. I was looking around the hedge because next, next to us is a field as well. So there's nothing. There's no lights. There's no physical lights anywhere near me. I looked down and there was about three or four uh, cigarette butts. There was someone standing at the side of the house smoking. And that's what the red thing going in and out was. Now, I knew it wasn't anybody in my house because my brother didn't smoke. I didn't, I smoked, but I wouldn't smoke anywhere around our house because my mom and dad would always smell it off me. And my mum and dad. How old were you? I was 19, 20. So your brother was early 20s? Ronan, Ronan, Ronan was in Derry. He was in university. Ronan was in university and mm-hmm. he never he never smoked. My mum and dad smoked, but they smoked cigarettes called San Maritz, right? And they were basically, yeah, they were a long menthol cigarette with a gold band around it. And these were Marlboros, like Marlboro lights. And there's nobody for miles around that area. We're we're the only house in that area. And there was four Marlboro cigarette butts at the corner of that house. Well, tune in in another 20 episodes time when Cormac tells us this uh, <laughs> story of the Red Cigarette. That's, that's creepy though, isn't it? That is that is creepy. Could it have just been like a vagrant smoking and... No, like there's nobody, there's nowhere around there. Like, the, the, like back then at that time, the closest, the closest house to us was probably, probably about uh, three quarters of a mile away, right? And our house is about 50 yards from a road that runs in our, you know, in each direction. So there was absolutely no, no want for anybody to be near that house that night. But because I was sitting in the cove, he could see me perfectly, but I couldn't see him at all or her or whatever it was. (laughs) I love it. Somebody's hanging outside your house, getting ready to rape you and murder you, and you still don't want to assume their gender. 
But I don't know. Like, but that's, I don't know. It I could don't have know. been a woman. It could have been a transgender. <laughs> I don't want to label them. That is so fucked up. It's fucked up. So fucked up. It is just so damn fucked up. That's fucked up. This is That's So Fucked Up, a podcast about cults, murder, and other fucked up stuff. Like, really, really fucked up stuff. He cut off her nipples, tore out her heart, tied it to a rope, and hung it on the wall. This cult has everything. Magic, rituals, child sacrifice, cloaks, daggers, and even a little arms dealing. The fucking sharks ate Mark under the dinghy. Strangled him to death so violently that he ended up asphyxiating on his own vomit. We're your hosts. I'm Ashley Richards. And I'm Cameron Dexter. Join us every fucked up Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. That's fucked up. Right, so uh, that's Halloween done with. Uh, tune in from the 2nd of January until February 14th for our Valentine's Day season. And then we're going to run the <laughs> summer season from March until September next year. That's that's how we do it nowadays. Christmas, we're going to start that. Rabbit movies, rabbit movies. we got to do Easter rabbit movies in March. Right, cool. Because any extra stuff will go in Well, we, we've got... I've got... Oh, I was more thinking like hop. Fuck you. I've got no Russell Brand. That's a, a new rule. No Russell Brand on this. Uh... Okay. Oh fuck yeah, he's the boys to hop. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um. So next week we're going uh, American. I'm trying to think of a good. What do they call them over there? American. Uh, you know, not Anglo, intercontinental. What do you call it? What the we're fuck are you side. talking about? What are we're you going, talking about? We're going stateside. There you go. You've said Foreign. it. We've done it. All right, dickhead, for an election special. So uh, next week we are going to be talking. Well, we've got to look at it from both angles, haven't we? We have to be no. seen to be impartial. <laughs> All right. No. Well, in that case, next week we're doing Comey. We're doing Borat 2, Fahrenheit 911, 9-1-1, 9-1-1, 9-1-1. 9-1-1. Uh, What else are we doing? Fucking, we're doing all of them. Polit- we're going political next. Uh, Jesus. Next Sunday. Political. Yeah, we're, mainly we're going to be talking Borat Two. Um, I want to watch the first one again, and then I'm going to watch this. You've already seen Borat Two, have you not? I have. D- will it shake the election to the core? It will not. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> Donald Trump could literally walk out of the White House, fucking. Rape a goat on the White House lawn and walk back in and still not lose most of his fucking populace. It's disgusting. The guy's just a walking yeah. fucking parody now. I, I, anyway, yeah. anyway, so guess which way we're going to swing next week. week. <laughs> <laughs> so next week we're going to be talking Borat too. We're going to be talking the election. We're going to be talking elections in movies, and we're going to be boring about politics and things. Anything from you? No. Happy Halloween. Stay safe. Yes. Wear a mask. Don't be a prick. What he said. Bye-bye. I'm afraid of the dark, especially when I'm in a park and there's no one else around. 
I get the shivers I don't want to see a ghost It's the sight that I fear most I'd rather have a piece of toast Watch the evening news Night, oh night, oh night, oh night Girl, I'm the worst in the world. Never walk under ladders. I keep a rabbit's tail. I'll take you up on a dare. Anytime, anywhere. Name the place, I'll be there. Bungee jumping, I don't care. My, oh my. 